had gotten a referral at New Horizons. My husband is there. I left the mental health field 10 years ago. Become a vet? Mm -hmm. Isn't that kind of weird? I just don't do this sort of thing anymore. No offense, but you can kind of tell. The bird obviously thought you were a threat. I am now. Familiar with stage three of the grieving process? Ah! It's anger. Comes after that. Depression. Great. I can't wait. <laughs> and I can't wait for cord killers. Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood, and most importantly, that was Melissa McCarthy in what appears to be an awesome movie about sadness. Uh, yeah, that was a trailer for Netflix's upcoming film, The Starling, starring Melissa McCartney as a woman beset by grief and finds help in a surly vet and a territorial starling bird and it's an actual bird. Uh, it's yeah. probably CG, but um, she and her husband and the people around here Who are trying to... Yeah, uh, they they say in the YouTube description, like the bird and in parentheses, they say like the starling, capital T, capital S, like, oh, uh, is that a real bird? I don't know. Anyway, that's coming September 24th. It looks like a uh, a grieving film. Yeah. The guy and playing the vet looks like a guy that's in an insurance commercial and he plays a roadie. Uh, well, you know who is both a territorial bird and a surly vet of the Hollywood writing industry is our guest, Mr. Merrill Barr. Hey, I tell you, you know, I spent all this time in the in the Hollywood writing industry, and all I got was this silly Cobra Kai for your consideration. Hey, man, that's oh, cool. Oh, right on. I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> no, what I, on, they apparently did a pop-up. Well, apparently, I went. They did a pop-up on Friday uh, where they hired the Shake Shack truck. And uh, they were like, come get free Shake Shack, and here's a t-shirt. And I was mm -hmm. like, I, I nice. like free food. But <laughs> before we jump into the first story, like, it, do you have any tips or tricks? Because you have remained chipper for a very long time in a very hard industry, in a very uh, difficult town. Um, uh, how do you do that? Uh, funny enough, I was... Uh, Today I got my official. I won't say what it was, but I got my official neurodivergency diagnosis, and I think it's just because I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally yeah, wired to handle this stuff. All right, I'll take that. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just. What else am I? I I'm not qualified to do anything else in this life. Yes. Like if I if this doesn't work out, I'm in trouble. So I just gotta keep hoping this works out, man. man <laughs> I'm so yeah, happy to I hear like you it. say that because like I feel like that's how I ended up doing magic. Is like picture a whole audience booing at you, and I'm like yes, and I'm like no, that's it. I'm like what's it? Wait, wait, that's that's the worst thing. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and, yeah. and with that, Tom, I, <laughs> let's jump into the primary target. I became a podcaster. <laughs> uh, sometimes I host one. I think people forget movies anywhere exist because it takes work to keep it connected to various story accounts. Uh, but as a reminder, movies anywhere exist and can hook into all the major digital movie store outlets, your Amazon, Vudu, Apple, Google, etc. When you buy a movie on any one of those services, it will make it available on all the others you've connected, as well as in your Movies Anywhere account. Uh, almost all the big studios participate, few outliers there, but th these days... 
pretty much every movie. Perhaps as a way to encourage people to use Movie Anywhere's actual sites and apps to manage their movie watching, the site has now introduced an algorithm to organize your movies by type. The categories themselves were created by humans, very similar to what Netflix does. There are about 2,000 categories, but an algorithm looks at your collection for commonalities and then it tries to avoid putting the same movies in all the lists. It also takes into account what movies you actually watch to gauge what kinds of movies you're interested in. So it's not just gonna put up every category you have a movie in. It's gonna say, oh, these are good categories to show for this user. And then it creates a better way to look at your library, especially if you have a bunch of movies. Uh, you can modify the list and create your own as well. Uh, for instance, the algorithm might put all the Star Wars movies in a list for you. It did for me. But instead of having them in release order, uh, you can have them in order by episode. Episode 1, Episode 2, Episode 3, or put them in the machete order if you want. You can change that stuff up. Uh, in my account, it arranged all the franchises together. All the Jurassic Parks were together. All the Marvel movies together. All the Harry Potters together. But it also created a list called Antiheroes and one called Saving the World, and one called Rivalries. Uh, and I thought I thought those were interesting. It was interesting to see those movies grouped together. And Brian, I, I found it much more pleasing than just going through the normal movies anywhere, endless scroll of everything in alphabetical order, for sure. So I have an emotional take on this, but before I get to that, uh, uh, I, I, I want to uh, see if our Council of Elders agrees on this like uh, uh we've talked uh, we tend to get a lot of the same questions over and over and over again one of them is like how do i find out where stuff is justwatch.com is our favorite service for that uh how do i know how to get all my favorite shows while cutting the cord uh, uh is suppose.tv is what we like for that uh is it time to add a third to that to that holy trinity of uh, in movies anywhere like 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 how do i get more of the things i already like well but this isn't that i wouldn't class them as the same because this is your library this is the things you own so it's not making recommendations it's not telling you how to find stuff it's like so it doesn't you already bought expand. this movie yeah this this is this is how you can look at your library so this, yeah. does this work retroactively uh like 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 quite honestly, bullet to my brain, uh, I, I don't know that I can name all of the movies that I've bought or rented on Amazon. But if I link my Amazon to this, it'll be able to figure all that stuff out for me. Not the rentals, just the own. Okay, just the okay, but I, I, I literally don't even know what I own because yeah. a, lo a, a lot of time- It'll I'm handle it, it knows what you got. Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, no, I think I would add, add it as a third thing. Uh, I have all of, I have- I have even my voodoo on there because there's like two movies I own on voodoo that are linked to it. And the great thing is it doesn't just work. It will take all your like if you link your Amazon and your iTunes, then Amazon and iTunes both become populated with what you had on each other service. So now the Amazon movies will also be on iTunes. So it, it works both ways. So my question would be, uh, I, I like uh, I have out loud talked a lot about how I want to take no responsibility for what fills my eyeballs. 
and 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 I want a robot to just kind of like, hey, you seem like you're in the mood to watch this movie that you've already seen or you haven't seen for 20 years or whatever. Like, for example, I think a few weeks ago I mentioned that I watched the game or whatever. Uh, uh, it'd be great if a robot told me to do that. Uh, is this the solution, do you think? No. It's not. This is just a way. Uh, so when you log into movies anywhere, you get the list of your movies. Like if you go into the my movies tab, it's just going to show you like, here are all of your movies from A to Z. Uh, you, you can change that that sort by recently added or release date or whatever. But it's basically just a big, long list. Uh, if you go to the my list, which is the thing we're talking about today that's been added. Mine now starts with like, oh, here's period pieces. In the mood for a period piece, here's all the period pieces you own. Here's all your mysteries. Here's all your cult movies. Uh, here's all the Spider-Man stuff together. That that alone is useful for me because a lot of times when like I was going in to rewatch the Marvel movies, I would have to scroll by alphabetical order to be like, okay, next is Ant-Man. Do 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 do. This would mean I could just go to the Marvel row, and it would all be there. Uh, in and in by default in release order, which is great. This is a little bit like uh, the mid-90s days of having um, a CD folio that you would go through and you would have all your CDs arranged by genre or so on. Uh, And in this case, in an age of virtual ownership where, you know, you have them spread across multiple providers, it's, 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 you get to go through the folio and see like, that's what I want. And you don't have to care about which company happens to be providing it. The only thing I wonder is, is this a solution that doesn't have an audience? Because I feel like the only people that own enough movies to where this would matter are people who have massive movie collections. And most of the time, people that exist in that realm have physical massive movie collections. They have a room. They have the room from from Hot Fuzz, right? I like... I think that number is is declining though. Like like uh, uh, your uh, your friend of mine, Jason Murphy, used to be one of those people who would have an entire room filled with Blu-rays and DVDs and all that stuff. And even he is at the point where he's like, "The hell am I doing with this square footage? Get it get it all out." Um, no, so- I agree with I agree with that. But I think my question though is, once you enter the realm of moving your like I I over the last five years and finished last year, moved my entire collection of physical into digital and sold off or got rid of or gave away the Blu-rays, the discs. Um, I don't feel like I need the to have the own the stuff that I own curated. I just need to know that it's there. Like so if I like I want to watch a movie and go bloop for me it's it's Roku. I just search a movie on Roku and see where it is. Um, if I own it, great. If I don't own it, I'll still watch it. If I don't own it and it's not available to stream, uh, for free, I'll rent it. Like, I feel like this, the, the, I feel like the concept of ownership in the digital age is such that it's sort of making the need to own a movie, your library obsolete, but I, you know. I, my guess is movies anywhere knows how, you know, how many accounts have how many movies, right? So they probably designed this on purpose. They say this is a feature that people were requesting. They wanted a better way uh, to get this. So there must be enough mm-hmm. people out there who want this that it that it's worth doing. Uh, I 
I wonder if this does anything to increase the number of people who use movies anywhere. Because, because Brian, as you were indicating, you're sort of unfamiliar with how it works, right? So, and you do this show. <laughs> I, there's plenty of people out there like, I don't even know what movies anywhere is. And, and also I, b before people write us at cordkillers at gmail.com, understand like every freaking week we have another story similar to this. So so please don't hound me for, for not remembering this particular service. No, but that that's my point is is you we have these stories every week and and you're still like, so wait, this is the one that does this, right? Uh, whereas people in the general world, they don't know what movies anywhere is. They they don't know that they need to connect it to their accounts. Uh, and I don't know that solving the problem of the people with the largest libraries brings more people in, especially when, honestly, to your point, Brian, about, you know, is this the tool? I think Plex is the tool that you recommend because if you have your own library of movies on your own hard drive, mm -hmm. Plex can do a lot of this stuff too. But and that is not the service doing it. That's you having to do it. And so this is for if you use movies anywhere, which is the way that you can connect your accounts in the cloud to each other, which is super cool, right? Uh, like Meryl was saying, you can suddenly transfer your library between all of these different services then this is a cool feature. But I, we keep, you know, when you start to explain it, you keep narrowing the number of people that have it. Yeah, and, and, and the the uh, the genie I keep chasing is the AI bot that will know before I know, like, uh, okay, I've been keeping an eye on my watch and it has been 23 years since you watched this movie. I'm going to bet that you, uh, let's see, it's 11.30 uh, p.m. You're not really going to finish the movie. You want a movie to start that you don't feel bad falling asleep halfway through. Here's a movie you've already seen. Let me serve it up for you. That's that's the kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't do. think that's even what this is meant yeah. to be, honestly. It, it, I feel like the the selling point of movies anywhere to me is the, you know, no matter what service you, you partake in that you enjoy your, your library goes to all the other ones too. So let's say you're an Amazon guy, right. And you, I, like, I love, I like, I'm an Amazon guy when it comes to video, like rent, digital ownership and rentals of movies. I, Amazon's my go-to, but I got friends who are iTunes people. And it's like, okay, well, maybe I end up at their house and I link my account to their television for a night and there's my library and I own a movie that they don't own and it's not streaming. There it is right there on iTunes and we don't have to deal with Amazon because they're an iTunes user. There's a, I, that's where I think, that's why the advanced movies anywhere, is, I don't use movies anywhere, the actual service, I, but I do, it is a very a big part of my life in the background. Well, and there's also Screen Pass. That's the other thing we've talked about on Cord Killers before, which is you're a Movies Anywhere subscriber and you've got a movie you can, without even having to link your account to your friend's account, which they really don't want you to do, you can share it with them. You can mm -hmm. say like, oh yeah, here, borrow my copy of Scarface, borrow my copy of The Shining. Uh, so so they even do that. They, yeah. they build that in. I don't know. I I do think as somebody who has a lot of movies, who who owns a lot of digital movies, it was a revelation to me to be like, oh yeah, this is showing me movies that I forget I have. It's showing me a movies in a way that that reminds me of like, oh, th that's a cool idea. Yeah, let me, oh, The Life Aquatic. You know, I've been meaning to watch that. And here it is under cult movies. I, it's it's a different way of looking at your library. I think, I think you're right, Merle, I'm with you. It's just a very specialized way of doing it. Yeah. Well, 
we're not specialists here, right, Brian? We're we're but general. You are special. We're we're not specialists. We're only the specialist. Yeah, we are no, the specialist. We are the specialist at bringing you how to watch what you want when you want on whatever dang device you please and that's why we ask you guys to go to patreon.com slash cord killers just to buck an episode that's all that's all we're asking for man you guys keep us live live and independent we bring you the latest in news and reviews from everything from television to movies yeah and the general audience can join you don't have to be special to become a patron of cord killers but you will feel special when you do well, not as much as we will. We'll feel more special. We'll feel even more. I mean, just everyone, everyone will bask in the glow. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash cord killers right now. You'll feel it for yourself. Let's talk about how to watch. All right, real quick before I go into the story. Uh, in, in one sentence, Brian, what is Hulu? Uh... Do you mean now or 10 years ago? Now. Now it is adult Disney plus. Good, good one. That's a good one. Meryl, what is Hulu? Uh, now, uh, well, Brian, it's adult Disney plus. That's what it is now. You can't rip off. Brian. Okay. But he's but right. That, like yeah. <laughs> you nail it. It's not, I mean, cause all right. It is, it is the place that you go for it's, it's fx on the internet is what it is it's the, it's the place you go to it's the place you go to watch the broadcast shows the next day i've heard that's it has what, sports does it have i've heard it has sports on on the live tv not on the on mm. demand oh mm. yeah it's where i went but watch they do the advertise place. that they have sports. and it's uh I, I think the answer most people would have, and I'm curious, CoreyKillers at gmail.com, uh, when I asked that, what did you want to say? I think most people would say it's the streaming service where I watch major TV network shows the day after they air. Catch up. Uh, Catch up TV. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I can watch those NBC, CBS, ABC shows uh, on, on Hulu without having to have a cable package. Few more people might say that it's also the place with Handmaid's Tale and Fargo and such, and that's the adult Disney Plus. But that second one, really needs to become more important and more prominent than the first one because starting in 2022 NBC Universal will be able to decide to cancel most of its content licensing agreements with Hulu and make stuff exclusive to Peacock doesn't have to do that but everybody's expecting they probably will do that Viacom CBS is likely to do the same for Paramount Plus Fox is likely to do the same for Tubi now Hulu without content from CBS Fox and NBC would be a much less compelling service. And I have my thoughts on why CBS might not do this, but we'll get back to that. Hulu has grown to 42.8 million subscribers. That's still behind its cousin Disney Plus, as well as Netflix and Amazon Prime, and Peacock, HBO Max, and Paramount Plus are right behind it. Disney is working on that with its FX on Hulu branding to showcase high-quality originals, but Hulu's spending on originals is still far behind those top three, Netflix, Amazon, and Disney+. Plus. Interestingly, Hulu was profitable for the first time last quarter. So it's not like it's a drag. Disney CFO Christine McCarthy said, quote, Hulu has exceeded our expectations. Well, these are better expectations, I think. However, Variety points out it's still constrained because it's only available in the U.S. And Jason Kalara said in the past, one of the 
things he regrets is not taking Hulu worldwide. So the question is, given all this slow growth, yeah, it's profitable, but it's going to lose a lot of its licensing deals. They don't seem to be wanting to spend money on the content right now. Can Hulu survive? Yes. Uh, please, please know uh, as a preface that everything I'm about to say is pure speculation on my part. I have no insider knowledge, uh, but it seems to me that Hulu was invented on purpose to fail. Uh, it was invented on purpose by Viacom to prove that, uh, uh, to help their lawsuit against Google and YouTube to prove that YouTube only existed to pirate all their material. And despite all of their best efforts to make this thing fail, it continued to thrive and survive. And they continued to create originals. And then being acquired, you know, via the, the, the Fox deal with, with Disney and so on, now we're seeing originals come out and all that. And the fact that we're seeing a profit now uh, just says... Hulu was always meant to be profitable and successful. And it's only now with the absence of anybody left trying to stop it from being successful that it's finally flying free is, is the vibe I get Mer Merrill, how much of that rings true to you? I have a lot of thoughts and actually I can, let me dispel what your conspiracy theory, because it's actually a, there is a actual conspiracy reason why Hulu exists, but you're not in the right zone. Hulu exists because of the 2007 WGA strike. Um, yes, it was literally yes. it was literally launched the day after they signed the deal with the guild for the all the for streaming residuals. That like and, and uh, like the the fight back then was, every uh, the writers knew streaming was coming and if they didn't make the streaming shows part of the WGA uh, NBA the contract, then all those net studios could make streaming shows uh, non-union, which is bad. So they, the, everyone struck, they fought, and the writers got what they wanted. And then literally the, the following day, or it was the following week or whatever, the, the networks all launched Hulu together. ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS launched Hulu together. Um, so that's why it exists. Now, I say with 100% certainty, Hulu survives. In fact, I think Hulu goes global. And the reason is... Uh, the back library of ABC Studios and 20th Century Fox is massive. And let me just let me do a small listing uh, from this just from the Fox side. 24 X-Files, um, uh, 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 Burn Notice, uh, um, that, the, which is on the cable side, um, White Collar. Um, these are these are long running major shows across broadcast and cable on this on the cb on the uh, abc side alias lost like these are major player shows major library shows that need to that need a home that doesn't fit on disney plus so i think making hulu the place for you know a, making hulu adult disney plus and then eventually taking it global is the way it survives and i absolutely think it's going to survive i think uh, I differ with both of you on the conspiracy theory uh, because the fact that they launched it so close to the WGA always was evidence to me that it wasn't related to that and that absolutely all the things you said about streaming and the contracts were true, but they had already been, they had to have been planning Hulu long before that. And they certainly, Oh, I think it was a backup plan. I think they certainly incorporated it into that, but Hulu from what I understand 
was the major networks getting together and saying F YouTube, which is closer to what Brian was saying. Uh, and this is how we were covering it on Buzz Out Loud back when it came along. They said, YouTube is stealing our content. We will drive them out of business. We will put actual high quality versions of our stuff up immediately after air and YouTube will die because the only reason YouTube exists is it's got pirated copies of our stuff and we will do YouTube better than them. The mistake was that that wasn't why YouTube was successful as much as, as it bothered the networks that it was on YouTube. That wasn't the thing that drove YouTube success and we all know that now. But Hulu survived anyway because wow even though that's not what made youtube work that was a really good idea and people really wanted it and really liked it uh and so it it succeeded i i get what you're saying about the library but isn't that library stuff there right now not all of it uh 24 is like in the realm of free streaming right now like i know it's on Ro the roku channel i think where it currently right. is so why isn't it on hulu right now I I think because who it just it, it this is all part of like the it's weird all part of licensing. So it's not like because you have a library you immediately get to put it in your service. And Disney is doing all of the Hulu originals and all the stuff it does have the rights to in Disney Star Plus. It's doing it in Hotstar in India, India, and it finally got a deal in Brazil that'll allow it to keep using the star name even though stars also exist. So I don't see them wanting to make Hulu a worldwide brand at this point. In fact, I sort of suspect that they might have an inkling of maybe we'll change it to FX at some point because we got that, that name and we've like slowly transitioning people to think of FX on Hulu as a phrase. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked at that. Or they could also just take a cue from their international market and say, at some point, we'll just combine them together. There'll be tiers. You buy Disney Plus, you get all the kids stuff, you add the star tier, and you get all the other stuff. And maybe that star tier is called FX here. So here's the part that breaks my heart is the thought process I just went through is that would be supernaturally stupid to invest 15 years in building up a two-syllable, four-letter word to mean a very specific thing and then throw it away in favor of replacing it with the name of a cable station. Uh, and as I had that thought, I immediately followed up with, which means Tom is almost certainly right. <laughs> because it well, is the dumbest thing they can do, I believe 100% that's what they'll HBO do. Max broke you, huh? Don't forget, <laughs> Disney Plus didn't invest anything in the Hulu branding. And the Hulu branding only works in the U.S., whereas the Disney Star branding is not thought of as Star's Entertainment in most of the world. It's thought of as Hot Star, which is a Disney property. Uh, and, and by the way, Meryl brings up a good point uh, because this is my beef with HBO Max. If you'll notice, uh, every HBO Max original does not even have the word HBO at the beginning. It just says a Max original. Uh, so I think they're Every already HBO buckling in. original has HBO. Correct. Correct. I think it's G. I'm starting to get it. It's starting to sink in where I'm like, oh, Max original. That was made for this platform. HBO right. original. That's the higher quality. They, that's the prestige. They're stuff. eventually going to drop the the word HBO. Like, no. we're, really? No. no. Nope. HBO they're going to drop Max. I'm still on this It's not TV. Horse, it's man. HBO. If you get an HBO original, it's like, oh, it's like that. If you get a Max original, it's more, it's, you know, it's your more working class, broadly appealing uh, stories. Cordkillers at gmail.com. Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
By the way, I'm not saying it works, but that 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 seems to be what they're doing. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. Like it's all about location, location. Under surveillance. The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer was released last week with the reveal of one of the characters from an old Spider-Man movie showing up, indicating potential multiverse crossovers. Trailer has now set a record as the most viewed trailer in its first 24 hours on YouTube, passing Endgame's 289 million to reach 355.5 million. No Way Home is scheduled to premiere in theaters December 17th. Too much? Did they give away too much? No. Uh, it depends fact, on what's left. I, I, from first of all, it's hilarious this trailer even came out simply because some, some doofus was like, I'm going to put it on my phone on TikTok and then put it on really unfinished version of it online, which is funny. But uh, I think what they're doing, if I can tell by the context and the editing, I think they're cutting together a lot of different scenes and making it appear like they're in they're part of the same scene when they're like from two completely separate parts of the movie. It really feels like one of those kind of trailers. So they're just they're kind of creating things that don't actually exist in the movie, I think. Uh also, wasn't this sort of the move, um, and I'm only half remembering this, so somebody correct me, but wasn't that going to be the Batman move was like, there's going to be some interdimensional conflict that would cause yeah. Batman characters from the last yeah. like We're 40 years of Batman. We're supposed to see Michael Keaton show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the Flash movie that's coming up. That's uh, oh, oh so, 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 so did Spider-Man just eat the Flash's lunch? Yep. <laughs> eh, I mean, maybe. We'll see. Uh, if it's just the character we see at the end of this trailer, I don't think it's eating the lunch, but I think there is a lot more in No Way Home than yeah. what we saw in the trailer. Uh, yes, and 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 also, um, I don't think I'm being spoilery at this point, but there's a plot point in um, uh, Loki where there's a decision about whether or not there should be one universe or many universes, considering mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that Marvel spent millions of dollars to let us know that a movie called The Multiverse of Madness was coming out and another series called What If was coming out. There wasn't a lot of tension about whether or not there was going to be one universe or many universes. Uh, to me, this feels like even more of the same sales pitch. I I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't love it I as do, much as most other people did, I guess. I do think it is worth remembering that the timeline in way in which this whole thing has happened was not the intended timeline. Like the multiverse advantage was like, I, all this was supposed to have come out by now. And right. I think that's important to note because the way they intend to roll out the reveal of the multiverse, I think was supposed to happen very differently. Uh, and it wasn't supposed to feel like they were announcing there's a multiverse now. I think they were trying to like- And then we wait a year yeah. as we sit Honestly, at home. multiverse is just the theme of this entire phase. I don't think yeah. that yes. was supposed to be the sales pitch. That That is the theme. Uh, it's not like Thanos was a surprise, right? It's like, oh, no, we, we know Thanos is coming. We know Thanos is coming. And Infinity War and Endgame weren't ruined because you're like, well, you already told us Thanos was coming, right? right. And plus, so this and like, like, like anybody who wants to read the comic books, you could read the comic yeah. books. Yeah, exactly. And so I think this is, is sort of like, yeah, the multiverse is coming. But boy, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to see what pops out of there. You know, also, I see. I see does point out Spider-Verse already kind of. You know, yeah, lunch on the lunch. animation, uh, you know, so, so yeah, I, I think it, 
I, I wouldn't see like, oh, well, we knew a multiverse was coming, so this is not surprising. It's like, oh, that character is popping over from that movie. That's well, interesting. Uh, what else is going to happen? I suppose it does cut off at the knees the effect of, um, you know, seeing Dr. Octopus show up in the trailer or whatever, like, like, like that in a world where we saw uh, uh, into the spider verse in the world where we're watching what if week after week, if in a world where we saw the end of Loki, you know, it's like, ah, you know, how exactly were we supposed to react to Dr. Octopus showing up? I'm like that. I, I, I reacted with like, Oh, cool. Him. That's, that's cool. Like, I want to see that. I want to see how that plays out. I want to see that character from that universe interact with our universe's Spider-Man right now. And also, personally, it doesn't cut the knees off of Batman because I'm like, yeah, and I want to see how they do it, too. They'll do it differently. Mm -hmm. It'll show up. Like, to me, it's not like, oh, well, one person did a multiverse and nobody else can ever do it. Like, there's lots of different takes on it and lots of different fun to be had. At least Be that's, that's where I come Before from. we move on, speaking only to the trailer... That trailer, I, I'm certain the movie will handle it gracefully and well. But in the trailer, did they kind of represent Doctor Strange as some kind of jackass? Dude, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's theories floating around about yeah. why he is acting that way. And I there's and one of them is like, well, if you look at this particular run of the comics and what happens in it and who it's happening with. There might be some reasons why Doctor Strange is acting a little funky. Okay. At CinemaCon, Paramount showed off the first 13 minutes of Top Gun Maverick, as well as releasing a new trailer. That movie hits theaters November 19th. They also showed a feature on Mission Impossible 7's stunts, uh, one in particular in which Tom Cruise jumps a motorcycle off of a cliff in Norway. They say it's the most dangerous stunt we've ever done. Uh, Tom Cruise has always loved uh, doing stunts. I, I found out recently a little bit of trivia. First stunt he learned was how to do, I think, a backflip uh, for the Outsiders in 1980. Uh, that dude, like, uh, between you, me, and the wall, totally nuts. We're all just gathering around to hold hands and watch that nutso nutty guy do a motorcycle off a cliff in Norway. Right, right, right yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally learned how to fly a helicopter for a scene. Like, yes, and and go into like a dangerous dive spin, yeah. just so that he could record it on a GoPro for a for a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Uh, Warner Brothers showed CinemaCon attendees a trailer for the fourth movie in the Matrix franchise and announced that it will be called The Matrix Resurrections. The movie is set how, to come out December 22nd. How do you not call it Matrix Rebooted? Because you're saving it for another Matrix, maybe. Maybe also because that's a revelation that happens is that maybe you're not meant to know uh, because the in the article, the description seems to imply that everybody's forgotten a lot of things. Yeah. You know, he bumps into Trinity and doesn't recognize her and all that stuff. Can I give my big theory? This sure. is not literally it's pure speculation. Here's my theory. This is a new the like the Matrix and I'm saying I'm excited, the the Neo and the Trinity were going to meet in this movie. That is the av that is the in-universe avatar of two completely new people mm. on the outside, and this is them like like and this is so they're 
it's because it's the whole idea of the the self-image or whatever. I remember I was watching the first one recently, and Morbius talking about this: your digital representation of what the view of what you perceive your, yourself your, to your, be. Your residual self-image, I think. Residual self-image. Yeah, yeah. I think that that the Neo and Trinity in this movie, and I'm completely talking out my ass here. I have no like anything. Is these are the these are the self-image of two completely different people on the outside. Or or. Uh, I'll I'll throw in two alternate possibilities riffing on that because I think that's intriguing and it could be it. Uh, Neo's real, but nobody else is. Uh, or the person playing Neo knows who Neo is, but nobody else knows who their avatars are. That's mm. interesting. Uh, hey, can I tell you a totally unrelated, fictitious story that has nothing in any way whatsoever to do with this movie? Sure. Um, I had a dream about uh, a production company who reached out to me and said, we have a scene where a very important character is surrounded by a lot of puzzle boxes. Ah, and, nice. That's funny. Yeah, it, it was a funny dream. And they said, we want your puzzle box to be one of the puzzle boxes in this fictitious movie we're making. Anyway... I well, wonder when you do as many sales on your store as you do, I'm not surprised you're dreaming about other ways to get rid of puzzle boxes. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. But then, but then, but then earlier I was having the thought like, Oh man, what if that was more than a dream? End mm. of dialogue. Dreams can come true. Mm. Look at me. Mm. I'm doing the show with you. Mm. Uh, the show manifest has been granted a fourth season by Netflix. The show first appeared on NBC in September, 2018 ran for three seasons was canceled with a cliffhanger ending last episode aired June 10th. Then it became a huge hit on Netflix or at least was streamed by a lot of its supporters. Last season uh, will be 20 episodes, which is longer than any of the earlier seasons, but Netflix hasn't yet given it an air date, but manifest has been saved. Let me, let me throw one thing in here. It, I get that. It says the last, I guess and I get the, and the answer was like 20 episode final season. That's not how it's going to play out. Netflix will do two 10 episode runs. Oh, sure. And they're going to call, call it. A it season. Yeah. Part like one. And part they're, they're just ordering two. They're ordering two seasons at once. Yeah. By Netflix standards is all they're doing. Probably. Yeah, I, I could absolutely see that being the case. A few other notes here. Cobra Kai renewed for season five at Netflix ahead of the season four premiere in December. Uh, the eight Harry Potter movies are now out of the peacock window and headed back to HBO Max starting September 1st. You will return for season three on Netflix October 15th. The next Downton Abbey movie will be called Downton Abbey A New Era and arrive in theaters March 18th, 2022. Sony surprised CinemaCon attendees with a screening of Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's the one directed by Ivan Reitman's son, Jason. The Problem with Jon Stewart is a docu-series arriving on Apple TV Plus September 30th. There's a trailer out for that now. You can stream Cruella at no additional charge on Disney Plus starting as of August 27th, so it's already there. And Leverage Redemption will release their eight episodes of the, the back half of the latest season on IMDb TV October 8th. So a screening of the full movie of Ghostbusters Afterlife is 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 a pretty good vote of confidence. Uh, I, I'd be curious. Um, I don't know that I'll go out on Twitter and actually try to hunt down 
reviews or opinions or or what have you but there's but, virtually nothing out there they they swore everybody to secrecy okay uh, it was a surprise that it was happening so nobody was prepared they thought they were just going to a panel and then they said ah, the panel is we're showing you this movie surprise so I, I mean i mean even in that case just knowing that they showed the full movie is significant i mean i mean it's like i i could read a fair amount into that meryl what about you uh, lots of, lots of things that excite me on this. So, uh, the problem with John Stewart, very excited to finally see them. I'm excited to have John back on my weekly. And I understand that like in the time since he's been away, the politics that he stood for have sort of become, you know, middle of the road. And now there's people to the left of him, but I'm curious to see where he goes. Um, Cobra Kai gang season five makes me so happy because the way season three ends kind of makes you feel like the next season is set up to be the last one. And now it's like, nope, there's going to be more. And I'm like, fantastic. And uh, uh, leverage coming, like, uh, I'll talk about, you know what? Let's, I'm going to wait on leverage. I'm going to hold off. But yeah, well, I see that uh, what you've been watching in our eyes on segment is leverage redemption. Yeah. So uh, I, I, uh, if you've never seen the original run of Leverage, it's about a uh, group of con people, a group of uh, con men and con women who form a Robin Hood team, essentially, and start taking down rich people and companies and such. And uh, it was fantastic. And then it went away. And then it they put it. It ended up on IMDb TV and did so well on IMDb TV that IMDb TV ordered a new sequel to the show. And it came back with everyone came back except for Timothy Hutton for reasons you can Google, um, and uh, it's great. And they added they added um, Noah Wiley to the cast to uh, nice. and and just the show is it's the old show, uh, and really it's just if you love the old show, it's the old show again with some new faces, and it's fantastic. It's so enjoyable, and I can't even I can't tell you. Anything other than I have already gotten screeners for the back half and oh, I can't even say that. Strike that from the record. Uh, I said I did not break embargo. I can just only say that I saw it. But know that if I'm telling you I watched it, I'm telling you that I watched it. With a name like Leverage Redemption, it has to be good. Also, there's, there seems like there's some uh, cool uh, uh, guest appearances according to TVLine.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it is announced that LeVar Burton is in one of the back half. Yeah, yeah. So. That's cool. Uh, meanwhile, the reason Brian and I had uh, hot takes on Max Originals versus HBO uh, was because we were both watching Hacks. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so last week, Iaz recommended Hacks and gave us scant details. I went in totally blind and was totally blown away. I've already watched all 10 episodes, and I'm two or three episodes into my second viewing. It is Funny on the surface. It's funny no matter who you are. It's double funny if you're familiar with 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 how Vegas runs. It, it's triple triple funny if you know anything about the entertainment industry. I I'm blown away beyond words. Like I'm desperately trying to get my wife hooked on it as well. It's so 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 good and and so um, conflicting for me to watch because I can't tell if I'm the older Joan Rivers character or the younger millennial uh, who <laughs> buried herself into a hole because she took on Kraft mayonnaise. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I, I came in uh, from being outside uh, yesterday afternoon and Eileen was taking a nap. Uh, so I, she told me, she's like, watch whatever you want. I'm sleeping. 
I turned on. I was like, oh, you know what? I said that hacks thing was pretty good. Let me let me let me try that. Uh, five and a half hours later, I had watched all all the episodes. It's like I, it was just perfect uh, for my mood, where my headspace was. And I, I'm with you. Uh, it's a compelling story about two different generations. Like she's definitely the boomer generation of like do things for yourself, f everybody else, and you know I'm selfish. And you've got the Gen Z character as she declares in the show, like, I'm not a millennial, I'm Gen Z, who's like, like, no, you can't do that, but we have to do this, and this is valuable, and that's valuable. And so that clash is just one of the threads. That's not even the main story. Uh, that's just one of the threads that I think they explore well. They also do some nifty things where they'll carry on a small theme without highlighting it. So there, there's a scene early on where she visits the Las Vegas star and the star makes uh, a crack about her boots and how she's, you know, track stamping all over her carpet. And the next episode, you see her walk in the door, stop and take off her boots. There's oh, no, I missed that. Not, that's that's not awesome. Hanging a sign on it. If you don't if you don't notice it, it doesn't affect anything. But I was like, oh, that's a nice little nod. I mean, right. And, and, and also the uh, the show is a bit of a love story in in the form of respect. Uh, yeah, it's. it's 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 a mismatched couple who learn to respect one another and what i love about it is that they're both right so many times where it's like yeah no that's a bad joke there's no punchline you can't just give a setup and that observation no uh it's i know I, I i love it beyond words i i i have the feeling i'll watch it probably two or three times yeah they also deal with class issues really well where uh you know the younger person is is kind of degrading the audience like ah it's a, it's a bunch of dumb people from the middle of the country and and she's like uh you can't judge them you you don't know them uh they're important to me and the younger is like yeah well actually i can judge them because i'm a coastal elite and i it plays out better than i'm <laughs> making it sound but uh but i i like that they didn't shy away uh from from those kinds of butting head and that's just one example of the many in there and it it also delivers on that rarest of gems, a uh, genuine surprise. Um, uh, when oh yeah, the, there's one scene where she decides to slum it and go to a uh, small comedy club to try out some material, and I did not see that episode coming. No, nope. I nope, enjoyed it either. very very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, what should we be on the lookout for, Bryce? Hey. Alan sent along this documentary. I, I hadn't heard of this, but Alan writes, uh, David Attenborough narrates a BBC nature documentary about how nature rebounds and thrives during, uh, I guess, uh, still kind of current pandemic lockdown, uh, thanks to man's smaller footprint on Earth. It's surprising and remarkable uh, how much and how quickly nature was able to rebound in the absence of man. Uh, that, this is cool. I am surprised I had not heard of this. This came out earlier this year. It's called The Year Earth Changed. Uh, it's on Apple TV Plus, and I did not even know that this came out. This came out like when in in April, I believe. Like, had either y'all heard of this? They wasted no time then, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I I feel like we mentioned it, you mm -hmm. know, that it was coming and that it was released, but yeah, we haven't talked about it a, a lot. Yeah, well, uh, that is the year Earth changed. It's streaming now on Apple TV Plus, which is on many devices, not just Apple devices. If you got something we should be on the lookout for, email us cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. 
Hey, thanks everybody uh, who picked up Project Vera, uh, the audiobook that I put out there. It's it's sort of a alternate history where there's a secret society running the world, and and a woman named Vera is an analyst in New York gets caught up with it. They're threatening uh, her brother, uh, and she has the key that can help them continue to influence the world for good. She doesn't know what to do with that power. Uh, it's a audio production, so it's not exactly a radio play, but there's multiple voices. There's some uh, minimal effects to kind of give you the atmosphere. And uh, so many of you picked it up, and I'm, I'm super excited about that. Uh, lots of you have left reviews, and I, I'm very grateful because leaving reviews on Audible is one of the best ways that people are able to discover uh, various books. So thank you for that. Uh, and if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, go do so now, tomsnewbook.com. Heck yeah. Oh, Doghouse Systems. Buy one. Doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Yeah. Get that's a, yeah, okay, more, more us, important. Read the book first, you. and then, and and if you need a device to read it on, go to doghousesystems.com. <laughs> Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Okay, I find this one interesting. Fox is launching Sports on Tubi in the U.S. It will include ten live streaming channels and channels like BN Sports channels. Uh, 700 hours of on-demand programming across the NFL, MLB, NASCAR, Big Ten, CONCACAF soccer, the ACC, and the Pac-12 conference. Uh, some of that is just highlight shows. You're not going to get a lot of MLB games necessarily, uh, but Fox Sports is one of the channels, so you might get an MLB game here and there. Sports on Tubi launches on the Tubi app first on Fire TV, Roku, and Android. Coming to the other apps after that, it will be free and ad-supported, like all the other Tubi content. Uh, this is a pretty big deal. Sports turns out a lot of people like them. Yeah. And free, free sports. Everybody's like, oh, I have to pay for the sports. Well, if there's one thing I mean, people like more than sports, sports but... it's free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Netflix, Netflix launched the first, uh, uh, items of its new mobile game service. Android users in Poland can download and play Stranger Things 1984 and Stranger Things 3 as part of their Netflix membership. Anyone could download the app, but you'll use your Netflix credentials to log in and play the game. Uh, uh Bryce, I think you had a note on this. Yeah, I, I saw this and, and I, I was struck a little bit because uh, Stranger Things 3 has been out for a while. Yeah, uh, no, uh, these, these are both mobile games that they had already developed uh, right. and they're trialing their system using known properties. But uh, I think it's interesting that they've rebranded one of these games as Stranger Things 1984 because that used to be called Stranger Things The Game, which is also a free mobile game. Um, not only that, uh, I've, I saw this was broke a few hours ago, but uh, one of uh, Stranger Things 3, which is like $10 or something, is actually being delisted from Steam. So uh, it seems like they're really trying to cannibalize these games to test out this authentication service. Hmm. Yeah, and everybody keeps wanting to make this into Netflix is going to compete with Steam or Netflix is going to compete with Google Stadia. Ow. They're not. Netflix wants to make it easy for you to play some mobile games so you watch more of the TV shows. At least that's what I think. Uh, speaking of Netflix, Netflix is hosting a fan event called Tadum. You know, after the Tadum, uh, it's oh. on September. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you say it. Yeah. Uh, coming on September 25th, the three hour live stream will include trailers, panels, stars of the Netflix shows. Uh, it's kind of like their own little mini Comic-Con for Netflix stuff. Prior to the mainstream, Netflix will host three 
pre-show events, one around Korean dramas and movies, uh, one for Indian movies, and one for anime. Pre-shows start at 8 a.m. Eastern, uh, September 25th, and the mainstream starts at noon. I'll uh, tell you what, this is the right time to, uh, to, to you know, try to slide in, you know, as a virtual event in, in a world where everything else is, is going to Zoom meetings or what have you. Like, like uh, this is a very low-cost opportunity for them. Yeah, and well, this is the, eventually if if this goes well for Netflix, this is going to turn into a con. There's going to be Netflix con or something like that. Uh, this is a great way to sort of start planting the seeds, learning about what people like, what people are interested in. Uh, Net Netflix wants to become a fandom-oriented culture. I'm, I, I guarantee you that's where they're headed. Is they they just want to have successful franchises a la Marvel, Star Wars, et cetera. And of course, on, to on top, top of that, I could totally see, you know, the 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 documentary, the two-hour documentary about, you know, Tadam uh, 2022 or whatever. Yeah. I just, I, I don't love that name. I literally <laughs> until just now realized what the name was supposed to be. Do you think like, it's too I've dumb? I've been calling. <laughs> you planted that seed, Tom. That's you. That's on you. Samba TV, which measures viewership on 3 million U.S. households with smart TVs, announced a few metrics for Warner movies watched on HBO Max in the first 17 days after release. Mortal Kombat leads the way with 5.5 million. Godzilla vs. Kong is second with 5.1 million. And Suicide Squad is third with 4.7 million views. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is at 3.9 million and Zack Snyder's Justice League 3.2 million. I, I got to admit, uh, I'm really surprised given the fact that it's a quote unquote original Zack Snyder's came in so, so far down on the list. Do that again. Will you give us a, your take on this? <laughs> um, I'm still processing. <laughs> well, I think what's interesting is that Mortal Kombat leads the way, right? I mean, I, cause you know what it is, though? I feel like because no one was going to see Mortal Kombat in the theater, right? It's, it's, uh, it's like it gets a boost by being yeah. essentially direct whereas to video. Like, whereas yeah. like all the other ones are like, some people did go want to see those in theaters. And Mortal Kombat was like, everyone was going to wait till VOD anyway. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that has the, that's leading the way. Charter has added HBO max and YouTube to its digital cable guide. Uh, Cause the way it works uh, being part of the guide apps have channel numbers on spectrum hardware. So tune in to HBO max on channel 2004 and YouTube on channel 2003, uh, like Netflix already, which has been there for a while. Uh, you choose one of those channels and it launches the app on your digital set top box. But you know, it's the way these cable companies are trying to keep people by making it easy to get the digital stuff and take a little bit of cut of the payment at the same time. I mean, that, that is the last thing they want is people to step up and walk away from the television set. Yep. And so it's easier to do it this way than the other. The first ever Hollywood Critics Association TV Awards separated streaming, broadcast, and cable shows. Ted Lasso was named the best streaming comedy. The Mandalorian won best streaming drama. And WandaVision got best limited series. Huh. Limited series. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because I had fewer episodes. It met the episode count. For, for limited and, and also there, there won't be a season two unlike the no, others. No, season yeah. two is called Multiverse of Madness. Right, right. Like, 
Uh, whereas there actually will be a season two of Loki, so I think that will be competing. If that competes, it will compete drama next year. Um, but uh, none of this is terribly... I feel like it is more nerdy than I expected. Ted Lasso is the obvious win, right? But uh, Mandalorian getting best drama, oh, best streaming or best streaming drama does surprise me. WandaVision getting best film series less so. I don't think. What I will say is, I don't think this is an indicator of how these will how these will do in the Emmys. Like sort of Ted Lasso, which is a lock for best comedy at the Emmys this year. Uh, I don't think these are indicators that the Emmys are going to go this way. No, obviously, New Amsterdam which won Best Broadcast Network Series Drama will sweep the Emmys. No, uh, no, you're right, because the Emmys doesn't separate them out. So it's a it's a whole different uh, yeah. voting situation. Uh, I'm glad the Emmys doesn't separate them out. I think the Emmys should be the best TV show. doesn't matter where it is. Best TV show. I kind of like that the HCA is separating them out to be like, well, we're, we're an alternate award. So let's give you another perspective. What is the best streaming? If it was just limited to streaming, I, I find that sort of interesting. I will say it is odd to me that they're stepping on the TCA like this, though. Like, just from a critic group standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like, the Hollywood Critic Association is a movie critic association. The fact that now, like, but the money's in TV, so they want to have, they want they want a piece of that pie. So like, TV yeah, we'll is more movie-like than ever, too. Yep. Yeah. Let's get to the dispatches from the front. Anders says, hey, gang, I was just purchasing tickets to see Shang-Chi for Thursday night. And after purchasing the tickets, I started getting offers for other things. Before I could access my tickets, I got offered no less than three different services. I had to actively decline before moving forward. 12 meals from HelloFresh, 30 days of free Hulu, 14 days of free SiriusXM, and then an option to donate to help women in Afghanistan. These were literal steps I had to take to get my tickets. I've used the same theater and the same app for tickets for years now, and I've never had to do this before. Is this the way theaters are now trying to cover costs by doing ad deals? Makes total sense, but it was definitely surprising to see. I uh, don't doubt this at all. However, I would uh, truly caution them where it's like, look, the one thing you get out of seeing a movie at the theater is a, is a uninterrupted experience. And ruining that experience seems like the fastest track to have me throw my hands up and say, I'll just watch it at home. Yeah, but things like that tend to not have the deleterious effect that people like us wish they would have and instead bring in money and then keep being used. I'm guessing Anders knows that this isn't like he didn't get infected with spyware or something because it sounds like spyware. It sounds like the kind of thing that infects your browser and every page you go to, it just keeps, you know, throwing up, uh, throw, throwing up ads. But the fact that he bought the tickets and then had to do all of that makes me think it was probably just part of the site, which, yeah, it doesn't surprise me much either. Tim Jar wrote in and said, I was listening to the discussion on Cord Killers on August 23rd uh, about tuning to your local TV station when there's a tornado. I recently experienced my first tornado warning in my home in a new state and in an apartment complex. And as it turned out, my safe space here is an interior bathroom that's far away from any of my TVs, but well covered by Wi-Fi. So I wound up doing what you guys viewed as a futuristic solution, pulled up the app on my phone from the local TV station and watched their broadcast on my phone. 
Any other option was off limits to me from the room where we had to huddle during the storm. So that scenario isn't as far off as you might think. Uh, that's 100% my experience as well. That's amazing. Uh, Bryn writes in uh, an OG boss saying that uh, basically we missed the boat, Tom. We were talking about a streaming service from Sky. Tom ran through some, uh, you know, peacock style jokes and so on. Sure, sure. Somehow you and I walked right past Skynet. Well, of course it is. Right? <laughs> well, but now who but, wants to rage quit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do, would they be able to call it that? Is that like some no? Kind of that's what we situation? have to call it. Just like we talk well, about the cock yeah. and 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 and, and the Do we place. have to get licensing rights for that? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll call uh, Jimmy Cams. Uh, uh, that's what I call him, Jimmy Cams. Jimmy Cam. Jimmy Cam's king of the PG-13 booth. Use the Jimmy Fund. Uh, Dan Voyles said, a word of warning for others. I canceled my Sling TV account in July, the day before it was to renew. I do this every so often when they offer a special. Subscribe. Set reminder to cancel. The next day, I was billed again. Okay, maybe I cut it close, so I'll allow it. And then I was billed again in August. Thankfully, I kept the cancel confirmation email because I had to chat with their support, forward the email, and only got one month of credit. So keep an eye on your cancellations, even though this was my first time having an issue. My other thought is about all the services we have available. Since the Rona kicked off, I went through a spate of watching a load of entertainment to now only watching the Splash or Tentpole productions. I've had Netflix and Hulu basically uninterrupted for a decade or so, and also subscribed to Paramount Plus and Prime Video because it's there with Prime. I have access to HBO and Disney Plus. Now apparently T-Mobile will be giving me Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called. Do people really maintain so many services every month. I'm pretty sure I could dump Prime and Hulu without paying. Netflix is included in T-Mobile and now Apple TV Plus. The others are shared with me, so there's no cost. Forgot about family YouTube music. That stays for music, but mostly no ads on YouTube. Anyway, thanks for reading. Keep up the great work, Dan. Uh, hey, Dan, it's me, Brian. The first half of your letter was a nightmare, a living nightmare to me. The idea that I would be sitting around trying to see whether or not they're still trying to get me so that I don't cancel on the right day and then I gotta catch them and then call and show them a cancellation email. That's not, that's not how I do. Uh, so, so the answer is yes. Many people whose names are Brian Brushwood just have all the services and, and don't worry about it. it. It depends on whether or not there's a contract on it. Uh, they, they, they could ding you on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to be careful on that stuff. Hey, Meryl Barr, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having us. me as always. It was a hoot even when you made me rage quit. If uh, I'm, I'm so glad you you not rage rejoined. Uh, and if folks want to follow you, where should they go? Twitter.com slash Meryl Barr, M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R -R -R is where I post all the good stuff all the time. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's the Labor Day holiday in the U.S. next week, so we will be off and return September 13th. Monday the 13th. See you then. Spooky. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like... 
we're, we're addicted to their money and love might as well face it well <laughs> god damn it <laughs> diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this broker <laughs>